Welcome to the SSE or Tricity League podcast here on News Talk. I'm Oisín Langan and luckily we're not going down the route of replacing the lead character rather unseamlessly and hoping that you just are happy to play along. Can I use your phone? (laughs) Sure, I guess. (laughs) Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I was just trying to drown myself. Can't be that bad. It could be. You don't know. I do. Daniel Kelly, hello. Can I use your phone, Oshin? Yes, you can. Thank you very much. As Good you're, to be here. As you're now the co-host. Yeah, two weeks in a row. Richie, oh, sorry. Who? Yeah, I don't know who you're this talking is, about. This is just how it is from now on, yeah? Yep. Listen, he thought he was bigger than the rest of us. He wanted well, to renegotiate. He, he, he wants is, it. Well, he literally, is well yes. over six foot, yeah. That's true. Literally, he is bigger than the rest of us. But uh, listen, he went to the studio. He wanted a new contract. He wanted special treatment in the... He got his answer. Sylvie, that's it. Bye bye, Richie. Last I heard, though, he was winning. Was he? Yes, he was. Okay, good for him. John Caulfield, the Cork City manager, probably the only man who wasn't too happy about Ireland playing in Turner's Cross this week. Um, actually, I, I say that, but he wasn't happy before the game, whereas yeah. we were all unhappy after the game uh, because how I do could, I put I could this say delicately? A lot of people who weren't happy with that game, Roy Keane. How do I put it them. delicately? It was shite. I was at the cross, great atmosphere, it was, it was such a bad display. But John Caulfield is not happy that it took Ireland coming to town for the pitch to be improved. He says, why did it take Ireland to come down for the pitch to be like that? He said, we pay our rent every year, it was uh, the pitch of the year for two years running and this year it was neglected. Then the Irish team come down and everything is done. I agree, in brackets, work should have taken place and rightly so. It should be like that, but there should be no reason for Turner's cross not to be the pitch of the year every year. It's renowned for being a top ground and fantastic pitch. This year, it just wasn't. See, a lot of people seem to forget that Cork City actually don't own the ground. It is a Munster FA ground, so they will put the money into the facilities and clearly with the international coming down, the FAI felt that if we're going to be using a ground, a League of Ireland ground, that we need to have the best possible surface. So maybe that's why they felt putting it in. But it's very fair to uh, agree with John Caulfield's comments on that. Hard to disagree. I mean, it, it's ridiculous that it took an Ireland game to come to town for the pitch to be brought up to standard. And like it's that. only a one-off. Like the uh, Irish team won't be back there; they won't be out of Dublin for a long, long time to come. What the pause was like almost forty years, I think. Nineteen eighty-five was the last full international four, yes. in Cork. Uh, they played uh, a kind of a, so thirty years a friendly a type out. selection game against the, the Monster, Monster Eleven FA, in yeah. nineteen eighty-eight. A story. We've uh, we've told on this uh, podcast before, but uh, yeah, very rarely do they play outside of Dublin. Was it 2009, the game against Australia? Was that the uh, last one? That in Tolman w- Park? Yeah, they played Australia and South Africa. Of course, they had to play two rugby playing nations if they were playing in Munster. That was part of the contract, I'm pretty sure. Obviously, but look, if if there's one positive to come out of the game at Turner's Cross, it's Carl Shepard's tweet, which went along the lines of, if you want to see a winger underperform every week, come then down come and down and check <laughs> me out. So let's see if he lives up to his word on Friday night. Yes, and we'll talk more about that game a little bit later on with Neil Horgan, uh, former Cork City fullback. Bit of a ledge. Well, he has won the league, so I suppose anyone who wins the league in any team will be seen favourably by their fans. And understandably, Horgan is looked upon very favourably in Cork. OK, let's get to the wrap. You know who's doing it this week? Who? Me! Ah! <laughs> oh, Jesus! Galway United manager Tommy Dunn is lamenting their discipline after a 2-1 defeat to Sligo Rovers at Eamon DC Park on Sunday. Armin Aganovic was red-carded in the first half, but despite that, they could have won, having equalised after Sadlier got the first of his two for Sligo. Dunn says they must improve their discipline and 
they're defending. We got ourselves back into the game after giving away, again, a sloppy goal. So, But, you know, when you have to rejig things and re- rejuggle the team, when you go down to 10 men, there's a problem. But for me, um, you know, like we got to look at what we can, can control. And defensively, um, I thought for the, the, especially the second goal, just made the wrong decisions a couple of times. Six wins out of seven for Sligo Rovers, who are now seventh, just two points behind sixth place Galway. Rovers boss Dave Robertson isn't surprised they've gone on a good run but what's the secret? Well, sometimes they train hard and other times they go fishing. You know, in that changing room, I've got a, an unbelievable set of lads and they, um, they work their socks off for each other. I mean, we took a little bit of pressure off them this week. We even took them sea fishing for the day off of Donegal, you know, just to, to give them a little bit of extra time recovering. But, um, but also, um, but also so, some more team building. And I think, you know, the fans are seeing that, uh, how close and how together this group is. And, you know, that for me only bodes well for the future. And when we set out here, we set out as a, as a project and, you know, uh, it was a tough start. You know, every journey has a tough start, but um, we've grown into it. And most importantly, together as a group, it's now starting to evolve into into what I would consider to be uh, um, a real strong competitive side. St. Pat's destruction at the hands of Bohemians was one of the surprises of the season so far. A 5-1 defeat at Dalymount Park means that the Saints are 10 points off the top two. Stuart Byrne joined off the ball for their usual Tuesday night League of Ireland slot and says Pats did everything that an away side should not do and that's something they have to learn from. Pats are this footballing team but I think you have to have a, a little bit of common sense of approach to the game. You're away from home, you're in Daily Mount. Mm. You know, get them torn, get, you know, five minutes, settle yourself into the game. Yeah. You know, the usual stuff yeah. you would always say. Yeah. I know it's a bit of a cliche but yeah. it's, it tends to be true. But they did the total opposite. They tried to play this this, this brand of football and they just played themselves themselves into trouble. And Bows were Bows were excellent, excellent. You know they just completely outworked them. Akinadi was a was a threat the whole game. Mm. They was they were just full of energy. You know and okay they scored the, the, the three opportunities they got in the fifteen minutes. Clinical, but it was just so clinical, yeah. And they just made Pats look like an amateur team. And when you consider the fact that Bows. Pretty much most of the Bowes team are working or in college. You know, they're um, they're a part-time team um, as far as it, as it goes. And Pats have a lot of full-time players. And just the energy levels from Pats weren't there. They're, they're effectively just did not turn up on the day. Um, and it just got worse and worse for them. So that just that just sends bleak on every front. It's it's worrying for them. Yeah, I mean, um, and I think Liam spoke about you know in this post-match interview. You know, we just have to kind of get. Get working on the training, on on, yeah. on defending. To me, it looked like they need to get together and just bond more as a team. They just they look very very individualized as a group. Mm. I think you know when you you always know when you've got a good unit because fellas work for each other. You know they they, they burst the gut for each other, and that just wasn't evident the other night, and it was certainly evident in Bowes. Well, generally a good team if they concede after a minute or two will will try and steady the ship for a few minutes and not concede straight away. There'll be enough leaders to pull everyone together and okay, okay. Well, exactly, and it goes back to even what I said. You know, you concede very early in the game, and you say, okay, now let's just now let's yeah. turn and maybe go direct for a couple of minutes. But it just it just there was no reaction, right. and it just kept making the same mistakes, and the game was effectively over after fifteen minutes. The biggest game of the weekend and indeed the season so far is Cork City versus Dundalk on Friday night at Turner's Cross. Yes, Rovers and Pats fans, you heard me. City against Dundalk is the biggest game. There's four points between City and Dundalk. Obviously, Dundalk are leading. And Stewie reckons this is a big game which is not just about the result, especially for the Leasiders. This is a huge opportunity for Cork to kind of put a real psychological blow 
on Dundalk. I think, I think also for themselves, I think they need to start maybe believing it a little bit more they can go win a league title you know I think the message coming from, from, from John Caulfield somewhat, it seems to be a little bit mixed in some of his post-match commentary um, his post-match interviews sorry and I don't um, I don't know what he's saying in the dressing room um, so it's difficult to know but um, players need to kind of I suppose they need to believe they need to go and win it themselves um, and as long as that belief is there then um, then they, they can go and do it but if they're happy enough to kind of just sit in second just to kind of hang on to the coattails of Dundalk, that's dangerous because they're they're just so comfortable where yeah. they are at the moment. So I think they need to go under a little bit of pressure because, like I said, I do think it'll be a psychological blow if they can win it. You know, if the, if Cork can win it, that'll be the third time this season they'll have, have beaten them. And then there's a, there's a big gap, um, a big break before, you know, Dundalk will effectively change their, their mentality towards Europe. Yeah. So it's a good opportunity for Cork. Caroline, the arse has ripped out of me trousers here. Roddy Collins, as always, ending the wrap on the SSE Electricity League podcast here on News Talk. Stewie, interesting as always on Tuesday nights on Off the Ball. We will get to Cork City against Dundalk in a few moments. I repeat, Pats and Rovers fans, that's the biggest game of the weekend. Uh, but uh, Dan I want to talk to you about uh, Galway United who lost 2-1 to Sligo Rovers Tommy Dunn was frustrated and maybe he was frustrated not because of the sending off but because it was still a game they could have got a result out of you were at the game at Eamon DC Park you were the only man in Galway that day who wasn't in the on ground. the stage with the Connacht players <laughs> who wasn't in on Pukon with the Connacht players well, one thing, uh, just, I'll go to that quickly it was actually Galway were it, they would have lost out a bit of numbers on it but there was a decent crowd there on Sunday afternoon when obviously Connacht was the main show in town that day Galway and I were very unlucky in the game uh, they went down to 10 minutes after 25 minutes for the rest of the half we were expecting Tommy Dunn to maybe bring on a second defender uh, pretty quickly and replace one of the strikers but he left it with the team he started the game with until half time and in the second half until Sligar Rover scored the first goal of the game I think most people who were at the ground will say that Galway were by far the better team so to lose 2-1 uh, to have a, a penalty decision that from where I was looking at in the press box uh, even though as a, a professor like Rovers fan with Rovers tinted glasses it certainly looked like a penalty and Tommy Dunn had reasons to feel certainly aggrieved at the end of the game Reasons to feel positive as well though Yeah certainly that when you go into a game you'll have your plan set out and Arganovich the centre half got sent off after 20 minutes and Dunn three or four times throughout the game switched the formation he knows his team is very fluid he brought the striker Ender Curran who started up front and brought him back in to midfield and he played around with maybe a back four at some point back three at uh, other uh, parts of the game so he'll know that his team it is a good footballing team but as I mentioned at the start the defence as we've heard Tommy say the defence for the two goals especially in the last 20 minutes uh, very poor goals to give away which will be uh, just as annoying as could be for him because when he has the team set out they're doing well for well over an hour of the game and then suddenly two sloppy goals near the end give Sligo Rovers three points What about Sligo Rovers? Uh, Dave Robertson doing a fantastic job six wins out of seven three on the bounce yeah. and what I love about Dave Robertson is, is he sounds like a guy doing an impression of a football manager <laughs> to be fair To be fair uh, well I think a lot of Rovers fans at the start of the season might have said he could have been doing an impression of a football manager such, oh. such was Rovers poor start but in fairness to the man he's turned the team around he's brought in uh, his own players at the start of the season uh, very hard to get them bedded in but it's worked as you mentioned uh, they've only lost one in uh, their recent games and compared to a lot of the teams which will be hopeful to get the summer break as quick as possible for Sligo Rovers and other teams in the league the summer break uh, coming next weekend could be coming at the worst possible time for them Worst possible time indeed. What do you think is the biggest game of the weekend? Oh, 100%. It is the top two in Terms Cross.
Good answer, Dan. I don't even miss Richie. In fact, if he was to come back Who? now, if he was to come in here now saying he wanted to get back in, He'd I would his say... Work cut out. What? He'd have his work cut out. To be fair. To be fair, exactly. At the end of the but day. We can, said, talk, we can talk about that again. I said, look, it's the lads who are turning up and training, Richie. Sorry, I've gone GA again. But uh, this week, actually, um, speaking of GA, I got closer than I've ever come to going to a, a game at uh, Ferry Carrick Park because... On my way to the Board Gosh Energy Leinster Under 21 quarter final between Dublin and Wexford in Innovate Wexford Park, I passed by Ferry Carrick. And it was weird because the ground is right there beside the road. It takes a long way and it's a long winding country lane to get into it. Yeah, I was looking going, how do you get into the ground? Yeah, I think you have, uh, if you're driving on the Dublin road into Wexford, I think you have to go a mile past it towards the town, turn into the right and then it's up through two or three winding country lanes. So it's not the okay. most accessible to get to. But uh, I suppose all the Premier League teams will be going to well, it this season. But this is the weird thing. The roads are actually decent to it. But then when you get there, the immediate vicinity of the ground is kind of weird, is it? It's uh, the immediate vicinity of getting to the ground. Once you turn off the main road, it's very difficult to get. Once you get to the ground and go in the front gate, it's a lovely ground. But it's just yeah. that it's it's that last five minutes of driving. It looks issue. nice. I haven't it been there nice. yet. I've, I've been. I, I was in it, not in it at a game, but I was there when it was empty. And it's actually a very nice ground and it's one I'm looking forward to going to hopefully throughout the season. What were you doing when it was empty and did they know you were there? Uh, they actually did know I was there. I was in I was in Wexford at the time and it was uh, first time down that part of the country since Wexford had joined the league and being the sort of stadium nerd that I am but and trying to go to places, I said a good... Hold on, I want to get this right. There was no game on. There was no game on. You were on holidays in Wexford, which... I was down for a long weekend, yes. Okay, that's kind of its own issue. But anyway... Um, and you decided that you were going to see Ferry Carrick Park. That was I wanted to go and have a look at it. Yeah, it's only ten minutes out of the town. Why not? Another ground to take off. Why to not? Say you've been to? Because it was a ground that there was no game on in. But I was only there for five minutes. Plenty of people. Were you there. on your own? I wasn't on my own. No, my other half was with me, and she had a great time. I'm sure she did. Not with you. No, but I'm sure she did. Okay, let's get to Neil Horgan, former Cork City fullback. He's going to preview. Dundalk against uh, Cork City and as you're aware this podcast is done completely live start to finish Neil don't spoil it you know expectation can rise very quickly in Cork and they didn't have the greatest start um, which similar to ourselves and we last won the league in 2005 so in the last seven games I think they've won seven in a row league games so they're coming in the right time to play Dundalk and who obviously they beat early on in the season too yeah and um, Sean McGuire came in, got that goal, then slowed down a bit. Now he's after speeding up a bit again. And there's no coincidence there that other players have settled in. And John Caulfield has said that, look, he said it was going to take a while to settle in and also it was going to take a while to change up the style of it, which they seem to have done. They have, they have. We lost a few players last year, um, very hard fellas to replace, like Dan Murray, um, many others, the Dennehy's. Um, but there's been three or four new guys, some of the lads like Brown uh, from Pat's, but Johnny McGuire, we're, we're all talking him about him down here in Leaside. He's he's lighting up the place at the moment, in fairness to him. We don't want to put too much pressure on him. Um, but he's doing fantastic. Particularly in the games against Rovers and Pats that I watched late, lately, he really came to the fore. Um, whereas, like you said, Oshin, he had a kind of quiet spell after an initial fantastic start. But it all bodes well, to be honest with you. Um, we're looking at Dundalk. Maybe the pressure's on Dundalk a little to say that, you know, uh, Cork have beaten them already twice this year. And, you know, if you want to be kingpins, despite Dundalk's fantastic form, it has to be said they have a fantastic form, you need to beat the teams around you. And they haven't beaten Cork this year, and it's a big test for them, you know. Cork won up in Dundalk earlier in the league. Now, it was very much a hang-on-in-there performance and catch them on the break. They got the penalty. They won the game. Fair play to them. But they're, they've kind of evolved even since that, Cork. So 
if they win this game it will be with their new style as we might call it yeah it's true it's true they're playing more football definitely um, they're a bit more in the face of the other team as well at the start they're playing three up front generally speaking but they have more options they're not just playing one way Marky Sol can come on and change things dramatically um, like he did in the last league game I, I believe against Longford away so they have a few options that they can play now they can hit it long now when they wanted people might have been criticising that in the last few years that John's team were hitting it too long but John needed to get that this club back up to you know the top of the league and that's what he's done now is the time to play a little ball he has good ball players in there that he's after uh, bringing into the, the team great um, the Kevin O'Connor the left back is a fantastic player um, Maguire up front two Irish under 20 international 21 internationals can, all the team can play football so it, it's really looking great down here at the moment you know John might have felt a bit of heat after last year despite getting to a cup final despite finishing second is he showing his managerial credentials really this year by getting the team back challenging but also changing how he has done that because some managers have a style and they have a system and that's that John has adapted his and they're looking good he has but I think the good thing about John is that he's been around the league so long I mean he played in, in the League of Ireland for around 20 years he knows uh, when not to you know give in to pressure from fans or anything like that it's all about results at the end of the day in, in this business and he, he knew that the, the, you know the style could come later yeah. and it is coming now a little bit and you can see that like there's small bits of talk around Lee's side about you know this could be our year without getting carried away I mean when it comes when it all comes down to it if we finish second again and have a season that we did last year people should be happy because the, the club has come from where the club has come the last five years when it was liquidated and we've gone way back up to the top so good result in Europe but I, 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 this year would be good too you know um, probably underperformed that last year and it cost us in terms of form going into the last run of the season then this year things could be different I think you know and we know there is one thing that people love here at Turner's Cross it is an attacking full back there's one who used to get up and down the wing and uh, he used to be loved by Cork people all around us standing not so far from me I'm of course talking about Dennis Irwin <laughs> yeah. who's out on the pitch at the moment no, joke, jokes aside yeah. jokes aside but you must look at those lads and think I used to do that I, I like what they're doing yeah, it's great. You know, I was at the training yesterday, um, the Ireland training, Oshin, uh, were at the Turners Cross last night, and I was, I was speaking to David Myler, you know, and see how far he's he's gone on, uh, winning the championship with Hull last year. But it's just it just shows you, you know, the the, the gap between League of Ireland and. Uh, you know what they might term proper full-time football over in England isn't that great really in terms of player ability it's di- it's more infrastructure how the league looks um, a bit of backing for the league by the association which is coming on you know the under 15 the under 17 the under 19 league that'll all help so the league is going one direction uh, in my own experience I, I, I would just wish it would go a bit quicker yeah. maybe reverse it five years to when we were you know going one direction and, and, and things seemed to stall no, it seems to be going back in the right direction which which is great for the league you know but on full backs I mean we've seen it with all good teams that you do need your full backs to get forward you you do need them to create options it's something you always did when you were playing with City it's something that the fans love Uh, is it something you're seeing from the City team yeah, absolutely. Um, John Dunleavy's injured at the moment, but he's done very well as, as right back and left back this season. Uh, Kevin O'Connor has been fantastic. As I said, uh, he's been a, a bread of fresh air to the city team for the last two years. He's played in midfield in the cup final last year. He's playing left back now, and he's so comfortable on the ball. On, in any, and he takes fellas on. John Cavanagh has been injured for the last uh, six or seven months. When that boy comes back, you'll have we'll have a serious uh, options because. Um, they do like their attacking football in Turner's Cross coming out from the back, you know, and that's starting to happen again at the right time for Cork City, which is great to see, you know. Are you enjoying being a fan or do you find it hard sometimes? Because you're not long out of it. 
Yeah, it took a bit of time actually, Oshin. It took uh, a year or so before you think, you know, am I really shouting them on or do I do you want them just to notice that I'm missing? I'm definitely enjoying it now. I think the game up in Dundalk away uh, when they had to win to win the league, or I think they had to draw actually, I was running to the game with my brother thinking, this is fantastic. I'm back now as a fan. And it took a bit of time. I think it does. I was talking to Dan Murray recently about it. You know, there's, there's just a little period where you need to sit back and, and, and realise you're not involved in it anymore yeah. as a player. Um, and then you can really enjoy it. Then. And Jesus, it's fantastic. What John Coffell has done, and all the former players would say that, uh, he's bringing all the former players back into the thing. It, it's, it's Cork City is in a good place right now, and it, it can only get better, you know. And I know you do a bit of media work. Do you find it hard to criticise the lads, or do you think, you know what, I put in my time, I did it, so it's fair criticism. And when it is fair, I think people really don't mind. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I constructive criticism, I think, is good for any player. Um, I wouldn't be anyone who would be overly hard on players in the League of Ireland in particular. They're not full-time professionals, and people need to remember that. They're you know, professional for the length of the season, and, they're, and during the off-season, they're not paid. And I think that needs to be taken into account in any you know, analysis of these players. They're effectively unemployed for the off-season and until they become full-time professionals for the full-time season say or for the um, you know 52 weeks of the year you need to just curtail your criticism so much these guys are doing very well um, the drink culture isn't involved in football anymore yeah. they're completely committed to the game they're uh, so whilst you need to criticize obviously for fellas to improve I think there's a lot going on that's good about the league at the moment you know a prediction for Friday night a Cork City to win obviously actually 1-0 <laughs> It's intermission time. We're happy to have you with us tonight and hope you'll come back often. Former Cork City fullback and all-round nice dude, Neil Horgan. And surprisingly, he said Cork would win, which was very... I was shocked at that. I was, (laughs) what? We're here in Turner's Cross doing this interview with a former Cork City player and you're telling me that Cork City are going to win. A team that have already beaten Dundalk twice this season as well. Yeah, well, leave fact out of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, he, he took the Dennis Irwin joke pretty well, didn't he? He did, actually, yeah. And I must admit, that was good going from you as well. So, well done there. Tapping he up. actually gave me a dig in the ribs. Did he? Okay. No, he didn't. Neil Horgan. Nice guy. We'll have him on again. He does his own podcast, you know. Does he? Yeah, no need for you to listen to it, though. This is the only <laughs> one you need to listen to. No, seriously, he does. Uh, Cork City-specific podcast, I assume. I... You know what, he told me about it on Tuesday night. I haven't had the chance to listen to it yet, so thanks it, for embarrassing me, Dan. It could be on anything, really. You know who would never have embarrassed me like that? Who? Richie. I don't miss him, though. Okay, the fixtures this week, the final week before... Spring break! Yeah! Uh, well, summer break, really. Uh, on Friday night, Finn Harps up against Sligo Rovers. Finn Harps asking for a massive attendance for this game yeah. because basically come out and said we need the money yeah and like this is the type of story that sadly comes up season after season in the league around we've seen already happen this year with Waterford who have been struggling badly in the first division maybe Finn Harps uh, got promoted probably obviously last season they got promoted in the playoff against Limerick and maybe hadn't expected it so they hadn't enough time to budget correctly for uh, for the season ahead but they are coping pretty admirably in the Premier Division so far but let's just hope they're able to last out until the end of the season because with the money with the geography of the league uh, it does cost a lot sadly it does indeed and you know what they got a great draw against Rovers away last week so get out and support them if you can uh, Wexford Youths taking on Bohemians in Ferry Carrick Park how about this Dan how about you go to Ferry Carrick Park when there's an actual game on 
You might make a friend. I might make a friend, I but I might would. leave it to later on in the season. Okay. St. Pat's taking on Shamrock Rovers in Richmond Park. That's the second biggest game of the weekend. Galway up against Derry City at Aim in DC Park. And of course, also on Friday night, Cork City taking on Dundalk. It kicks off at 8. If you can't get there, it's live on Satanta Ireland. There is also a Premier League game on Saturday. A Bray managed by up against Longford Town. That one on in the Carlisle Grounds. That will never get old. No, it'll never get on. Uh, of course, the Carlisle grounds um, named uh, because uh, named that because it's the former home of Carlisle United, right? I think I think that's how it that's works. Fair yeah. enough. You've got the first division fixtures. I do have the first division fixtures. Uh, two games on Friday night. Two games on Saturday. On Friday, it's UCD against Shelburne, and Waterford are at home to Athlone. Both those games kick off at seven forty-five, and Limer- It's a it's a top of the table battle in both divisions this weekend. Uh, there is only four points separating the top two in the Premier Division, but in the First Division, there is a grand total of fourteen. As is Limerick, that all? As, <laughs> as Limerick take on Drogheda last weekend, Limerick were actually lucky to keep up their hundred percent record. They had a four-three win at home to Shelburne, but this weekend in Marketsfield, they take on Drogheda in what can literally be described as a top of the table clash that takes place at half six and also Cove take on Cavan Teeley in St. Colmes Park at 7.15 We had a good chat with Shelburne manager Kevin Doherty two podcasts ago and uh, yeah he spoke about their current form but he also spoke about being in the first division at large and his footballing philosophy it's well worth a listen last week we had Taki Tony O'Connor Why is he called Taki? Don't be that guy You know who wouldn't be that guy? The man who shall not be named Richie, who I've already said, I don't miss. He's back next week, if he feels like it. Daniel Kelly, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You can get me on Twitter, at Oshin Langan. Where can we get you? Smisher Daniel. And where can we get Richie? Oh, that's right. We don't care, Richie, because we don't rate you. He's a minnow. He is a minnow. Well, minnows. In a, in a not metaphorical in, yeah, sense. Yeah, in a metaphorical He's sense. actually thank quite you. tall. He is quite tall. I'm not sure if people know that, but he's probably one of the tallest people in New Stock Towers. He towers over News Talk Towers. He certainly does. Okay, that's it. We're running out of banter. Bye, Richie. Banter. Bye. Take care. It's my heart that's breaking